Before we open God's word, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we prepare to hear your word read and then preached, that you would still our busy heads so that we can hear your voice um, in your word and in the preached word. And we pray that you would cover Jen with your grace and your peace as she preaches the word to us. We pray in Jesus' name. So our text this morning is from Matthew. It's chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. And that is on page 685 in our Pew Bibles. And there Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food? and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The word of the Lord. Good morning. It's good to be in front of you this morning, and thank you for the opportunity to spend some time in this passage this week. It has been a good week of, I was saying to some others, of marinating in this text and uh, listening to what God is telling us. And we're in the middle of a sermon series right now, a worship series on the Lord's Prayer, so you'll see how this connects with the Lord's Prayer in a minute. But first, our son-in-law, we have a son-in-law, our son-in-law um, has a Garmin watch that he uses a lot for running, as he's a runner, and it monitors lots of stats for him. But one thing it monitors is his current stress level. And so it measures his heart rate variability. Uh, if, you look at, if you look these up online, it's fascinating. The, the watch will actually alert you if your stress levels are high and walk you through breathing exercises to help you calm down. On the day that he and Annika got married, he did not wear the watch during the ceremony because that would not have been good for the pictures. But he remembered to, turn it, to, to put it on pretty quickly after the ceremony. And later on in the day, he checked his stats and his, his stress level was through the roof. <laughs> and it was a beautiful day, but, uh, but he, was, he knew he was under a lot of stress. So most of us, in fact, I think all of us have experienced anxiety, uh, stress, right? Particularly when dealing with difficult situations, but certainly when dealing with beautiful things 
as well. A normal dose of anxiety can be the thing that motivates you, right? It can be the thing that protects you from danger, that gets you moving quickly. Um, some of you may be experiencing stress at work right now, trying to complete a project, and perhaps that anxiety is pushing you through the project. A bunch of you are experiencing stress around toilet training in your homes and the highs and lows of that, um, that may be keeping you up at night in different ways. Um, and I work with college students, and college students experience lots of stress, lots of anxiety. They're first semester away from home, new assignments, new friends, figuring out how they fit in. According to a Gallup survey just done last March, 51% of college students say that they experience daily worry. Daily worry. Anxiety and worry is real in all of our lives, right? The little kids who worry about the dark or something they stumbled upon on one of your screens. Teenagers who worry about where they're going to go to college or how they fit in with their friends. Maybe you're worried today about uh, a doctor's appointment that's coming up, or a family member that you care about, or just the future. It can be fun to see how high the stress levels get on your wedding day, but on an ordinary day, worry can really hinder us. It can get in the way of how we function. Kate Bowler is a Duke professor. She's a podcaster that I love to listen to. Everything Happens is the podcast. And she suffered from stage four cancer and has survived. Uh, and she talks about these ups and downs in her most recent book, um, Beautiful Terrible Days. On the one hand, we're overwhelmed by the terrible. We worry about viruses or the evil in the world or about tomorrow. And on the other hand, we look out, we step out our door. Well, when I was writing this, the white snow and the blue sky that we had earlier this week, or we hear our kiddo laugh and we think, it's a beautiful day. How do we hold these two together? It's exhausting, actually, isn't it? <laughs> and even as I was talking about preparing this sermon, I worry, right? Worry about presenting a sermon, presenting God's word to the people. So worry is real. We've been walking through the petitions in the Lord's Prayer. So let's step back and remember that. Our Father who art in heaven. God is our Father. We sang about it. You are our good, good Father. And we are his children. Hallowed be your name. God is holy and we are worshipers. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God is the king and we are those who submit to the king. And this is a prayer that remakes us, that reshapes us, that repositions us before God. Each of these petitions are about God. The first half of the prayer is all about God. In fact, the prayer that doesn't start there has the danger of focusing on us, right? Our worries and our wants and our wishes. And now we come to this petition. Give us this day our daily bread. Because God is the creator, the father who loves this world, 
and we are his creatures, we can ask him for anything we need in the safe knowledge that he is far more concerned about it all, even than we are ourselves. To pray, give us this day our daily bread, means more than our daily bread. Let's take a look at that. We can understand that word bread to mean the things that we need. So when Jesus is teaching the people to pray, give us this day our daily bread, he's referring to food or clothing or all the things necessary for this life. And when Jesus taught that prayer, the people who were listening would be remembering the story of Israel, right? Of Moses bringing the people out of Egypt and into the wilderness. And in Exodus 16, the people are complaining to Moses. The whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out in this wilderness to kill us, the whole assembly of hunger. And then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I'm going to rain bread on these people from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day. So when Jesus is saying in your prayer, say, give us this day our daily bread, the people would be remembering that story. God did provide for the people of Israel for 40 years in the wilderness until they came to the promised land. In teaching this petition, Jesus is inviting each of us to trust him for all things. But how do we do that, right? And, and Matthew records how Jesus spells that out a little bit later in this Sermon on the Mount. Jesus knows his people. He knows us. And so he goes further and explains this. And that's the text that we're looking at today to help us understand this petition of give us this day our daily bread. Therefore, Matthew 6, verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear, or do not be anxious. All right, this word, anxious, or worry, we hear it a lot. It's expressing this attitude of mind this is about anxious thoughts. What shall I eat or what shall I drink or what shall I wear? Do not be anxious means don't place extra concern or crippling anxiety on something so much that it would drive you to seek security by your own efforts apart from the Father. That's lack of trust, right? Rather, Jesus is directing us to look to God, our Father, our Creator, our Sustainer, Rather than ourselves, we can turn to Jesus with our worry. So let's, let's, let's state out loud, let's name that this is not talking about anxiety disorders, right? Anxiety is something that can be crippling for people, and it causes them to be unable to cope. In fact, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the United States, 19% of the adult population. And for those you love who struggle with anxiety and anxiety disorder, or for yourself, it's so important to get help, to receive therapy, get clinical support, medication, knowing that there are good supports for those who struggle, who are not able to cope. 
This isn't really what Jesus is talking about here. The Bible isn't telling us, don't have worries. But rather, it's teaching us how to handle these feelings. What do we do with our worries? Many things cause us to fear or fret. An upcoming exam, a difficult family conflict, a job loss, or a move to a new community, or even a wedding. <laughs> Worry can take up so much bandwidth in our life. And what do we do with it? And so, Jesus points to creation. That's where this text goes. Jesus says, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Look at the birds, says Jesus. Birds do not sow or reap or store. Don't you see them? Imagine Jesus walking along with the people looking into the eyes of those who are poor or hungry, who came to him worried, looking for the Messiah, someone who could heal their sick children. And Jesus comes alongside them tenderly and says, don't worry, look at the birds. Don't you see how your father cares for them? How much more will God care for you? God loves you so much more, and God sustains his whole creation. And he provides another example from creation in this text. Look at the flowers. Look at the lilies of the field. They don't labor or spin to make clothing, and yet they are clothed beautifully. The beauty of creation is one way that we can see that God is in charge of all things and that we can trust him. We can rest in God's provision. When we take a walk in the woods, see a beautiful sunset, eat a delicious meal, we're reminded of God's goodness and care for us. So Jesus says, don't worry. And when Jesus tells us not to worry about what to eat or drink or wear, he's not saying that these things don't matter. You know, there are some who would think that, okay, that means... Um, I have to dress in rags or eat very little and fast all the time that we might despise these things. But that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus cares about our physical needs. He heals the sick. He feeds the hungry. Nor does Jesus mean that we shouldn't plant seeds and reap them or sow our clothes or work so that we can buy clothes in our time, <laughs> although some of you may be still so close. Rather, we should do these things with joy. We get to work for the things that we need and know and trust God our Father. God our Father, the creator of all, wants to feed and clothe us, not gloomily as though God was out to get us and make life difficult for us. Imagine if the ability to work and provide for ourselves and for our families and produce clothing and provide food can take its proper place in our life. This would mean living in dependence on God, but also practicing good stewardship with the things that he's given us. Do not worry, says the text, because your father knows that you need these things. The Lord's Prayer actually opens with this statement as well, just at the beginning of, um, in Matthew 6. Let me just pull it up for a second. Um, verse, 
verse 3, I think it is. But when you give to the needy, yeah, when we give to the needy, wait, I'm going to find it. <laughs> Do not be like them, the Pharisees, who um, shout their words out. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And then Jesus goes into the Lord's Prayer. Your Father knows what you need before you ask them. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life, Jesus asks. It's a rhetorical question. As he's looking into the eyes of his followers. In fact, the opposite is true. Studies show that um, people with high stress have a lower life expectancy, maybe even by about two years. What do we do? I was looking at one study that said, get creative. What do you do with all of this stress? Go to the beach, your backyard, unwind, play games. These are things you've been practicing. And that's what Jesus is saying. Look at the birds. Look at the flowers. Trust me. And so how do we deal with our worries? We can rest in these promises that the God who cares for creation surely cares for us. It's a promise of God's care in the midst of our challenges and stresses, knowing that God will deal gently with our anxious hearts. The Apostle Peter writes, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. We can remember that God is tender and that God is in control. We can bring our prayers to him with thanksgiving, and that's what we're reminded in Philippians, so that the peace of God might rest on us. Maybe we would consider this faithful fretting, right? That posture of submission to God. And so I encourage you to pull up a note on your phone when you feel those worries come and, and write down three things that you're grateful for that day, right? Remembering again each day and again each day as we pray, give us this day our daily bread. Jesus invites us in this petition to trust him for all things. How? He says, do not be anxious. But then later in the text, he says, do. So do not be anxious. Trust me. But do seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Our focus is on God's kingdom and the way of life that goes with it. The way of life that marks out God's people. And these are the things that you should aim at. To pursue the kingdom is to yield to God's sovereign rule in one's life. To submit to God's sovereign rule is to pursue the kingdom. To pursue righteousness is to live so that his will is done in our life. To live according to God's will. So righteousness means doing the will of God. And now we're right back into the Lord's Prayer, aren't we? We're praying for the kingdom of God to be fully present. And this isn't something we just hope for in the future. We're seeking the kingdom of God for now. And this is included in God's provision. When we pray for the kingdom of God to be realized on this earth, then we're praying for the needs of the whole world. And perhaps you're sensing, too, that if we're praying for the needs of the whole world, God might be calling us to do something about it, too. Last week, Kyle preached about that petition. May your kingdom come and your will be done. And in that petition, we remember that Christ has come to bring good news to the poor, release for the oppressed, freedom for the prisoner, sight for the blind. 
And in that, we too are invited to care for the poor and the hungry and the lonely. And in so doing, God provides his daily bread. And maybe that's happened for you. Maybe you've experienced that. Praying to God for his provision. And in that very week, someone lends you their car. Or drops off a meal. Or offers to babysit. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus is inviting us to trust him with all, for all things. And to bring our worries to him. And to seek first the kingdom. To care for one another. In our church, the deacons send flowers when someone has suffered a loss. And even in that gesture, I hear Jesus saying, consider the lilies. Look at the flowers. Look at my beautiful creation. Are you not much more valuable than these? It is a reminder that God is faithful to care for us through the people that God calls. He knows what we need, flowers, when we grieve. And we, in turn, grieve for those who suffer all over the world. Christians are not immune from famine and malnourishment and hunger. And the world cries out in the brokenness of our times as we await the not yet, when Christ, when God, will ultimately act to remove the forces of evil and pour out plenty for all, and yet, this passage reminds us that when we are in want or when we have plenty, that we must seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and be obedient to God's will rather than anxiously securing our needs for ourselves. So know this. God knows that each day is full of difficult situations and troubles. And that's where the text ends. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow can worry about itself. Today has enough trouble of its own. And I love it that that passage is, that those verses are right there, recognizing, yes, today has trouble. Trouble is here. Maybe your reality right now is the trouble of today. The psalmist says, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. As Kate Bowler says in that book, Beautiful, Terrible Days, sometimes we're afraid for so many reasons, many of them reasonable and realistic. But like the psalmist David, we can trust. We can live faithfully when afraid. So we cannot avoid stress or anxiety and worry in our complex lives, but we can learn to bring that worry to our Lord. With the help of God, deal with it faithfully, faithful fretting, casting our worries on Jesus. I noticed the kids, parents, you might want to reiterate this with your kids. In the children's bulletin today, that is the huge emphasis, is just what do we, what do, we do with our worry? Cast your cares on Jesus. It's okay that we worry. It's what do we do with it? When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray as God's children, as God's worshipers, as servants of the King. And we pray this petition, give us this day our daily bread. We are praying a prayer that remakes us, that transforms our worry. 
somehow into trust. Give us this day our daily bread, a prayer that remakes us as those who would trust the Lord for all things rather than trusting in our own efforts. How do we do this on a daily basis? Jesus tells us, do not be anxious about all that you need, even though life is hard and there are beautiful, terrible days. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. May the Holy Spirit give us the strength to pray this prayer. Let's pray. Lord God, we come to you with our worries you know the struggles, the daily struggles, the big troubles, and the little concerns, and they matter to you. Thank you that you are our good, good Father. Thank you that we can come to you with all our concerns. And so we pray, give us this day our daily bread. In your name, amen.